Hey friend, welcome to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm your host, Emily Nichols. As a Whole30 certified coach, wife, busy working boy mom, and your self-care guru, I'm here to help you start putting yourself first without the guilt. Each week you'll hear motivating and practical tips on how you can create a habit of self-care through interviews with my amazing guests or quick solo episodes with me. After each episode, you'll walk away with an action plan and feel empowered to implement what you have learned into your life. So grab a cup of coffee, glass of wine, or your favorite sparkling water, and let's do this. You're listening to episode 62 of the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. Hey friend, I'm so glad you're here and I would be even more excited to see you over in our free Facebook community. So there's a link in the show notes to join us, but each week on Thursdays, I am hosting free little mini workshops, just giving you a template to help you take action based on the guest for that week on the show or the theme I was talking about on one of my quickie episodes. Because, you know, it's great to listen to a podcast and especially about self improvement and mental health and self care. But if you're not taking action, then what's the point, right? So I want to help make that easy for you and help you take action. I know you don't have a lot of time. And from what I hear from all my clients and friends, the biggest obstacle is time and just actually doing the dang thing, actually making time for self-care. So I'm helping you do that each week in my Facebook group. So click the link in the show notes to join us. This week's workshop, we are going to be talking about the benefits of writing things down, putting your thoughts, emotions, beliefs, whatever's on your mind into either like a Google Doc or just writing it down pen to paper in a journal. You know, there's actual evidence that writing helps lead to better thinking and communication. It's a really great outlet for handling hard times and um, it helps close out your mental tabs. You know, my husband's gotten on my laptop a couple of times and been like, why do you have so many tabs open? I was like, because that's what my brain looks like all the time. <laughs> so I need to clear out the tabs in my brain and do that via writing. And that's what we're going to be talking about today on the show. So my guest is Chelsea Ola Miller. She is an author, a writer, and I got to know Chelsea through, the, um, we both write for the Indian Indianapolis Moms blog. Well, it's now called Indianapolis Moms. And let me tell you a little bit more about Chelsea and why I wanted her to come on the show. So in 2017, Chelsea's mom unexpectedly passed away. And through her own grief journey, she decided to take her mom's advice and start sharing her writing with the world. I mean, and that took a lot of courage to do. And she wanted to honor her mother's wishes and just write and put it out there. And she said it was one of the best decisions she ever made. So her grief journey just turned into like a purposeful journey. And she created the blog, Happiness, Hope, and Harsh Realities. And she's actually been featured on her view from home, Love What Matters, and even Scary Mommy. I love Scary Mommy. So she is going to be giving us some tips. She was super nice to give me some tips that I'll be 
showing and sharing exclusively in my Facebook group on how you can get started writing down your thoughts. And, you know, if you would want to share that with somebody or just keep it to yourself, it just gives you, she's going to give us a little bit more guidance, which I think is really, really great. And, you know, Chelsea's so vulnerable and authentic and it's shown she's grown her community so quickly and has so many people wanting to connect because grief is a universal feeling. You know, her grief story starts with losing her mother. And we talk about it more in this interview. But I know a lot of people are grieving for various amount of things right now. So this is really relevant to anyone today. And like I said, we'll be taking action this week by writing stuff down, writing down your emotions, using it as a way to release it release it, get, get, just get it all out, which I think is a very high form of self-care and something I'm going to be experimenting with and trying to add more to my self-care routine because I know there's so many benefits to it. So make sure you stick around to the end of the episode. As always, I share my three biggest takeaways, but enjoy this wonderful conversation with my friend, Chelsea Ola Miller. All right, gang. Thanks so much again for tuning in to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. This is such an important conversation we're having today with my guest, Chelsea Ola Miller. Chelsea, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you. We both write for Indianapolis Moms, or also known as Indianapolis Moms blog, and I've gotten to know you and your writing through there, and I'm really excited for you to share your story today. I'm excited to be here. So thank you. Yay. Well, let's start off with the first question I ask all of my guests. Chelsea, what does self-care mean to you? <laughs> That's a good question. I love it. I think self-care is really just recognizing what you need, which is always changing, mm-hmm. and allotting time in your day and week to really take care of those things. And for, I mean, even just within my group of friends, self-care is so different. You know, for me, it's writing and finding time to read. For my other friends, it could be, you know, going on a walk, going to the spa, you know, drinking a glass of wine. I think it's honestly just recognizing not just what your body needs, but your mind, your soul, your heart, and just saying, okay, what do I need? Because it could look different every day, every week, every month, and you have to learn to recognize it and then give yourself what you need. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad you brought that up, that it looks different for everyone because, you know, there's a lot of great tips that we share here on the show, but what may work for me or for you may not work for some of our listeners. And you have to kind of almost like trial and error and figure out what feels good to you as far as self-care goes. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Well, let's talk about you a little bit more. Can you share a little bit about your background, a little bit of your story of where you've been and where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a mom of three, so that keeps me very busy. Um, I'm married to my husband who is such a good support system and partner. So I think that's why, you know, a lot of my goals have been met because I have somebody beside me that's cheering me on, you know, so that's helpful. Um, I became a writer after my mother passed in 2017. I had been writing as a child and kind of, you know, always kept journals and diaries and things like that. But my mother always said, you know, you should share your writing. And so after she passed in 2017, I started Indie Moms blog and became a writer for them. 
decided to create my own blog, Happiness, Hope, and Harsh Realities, and then became, six months later, became a published author with several online publications, which was crazy and such a huge goal and achievement for me. Um, I write a lot about grief and hard things. And so most of what I'm doing now is motherhood and writing on the side when I can. And I just started grad school. So I decided, hey, I'm going to throw some more craziness into the world. (laughs) And so right now it's just mostly motherhood and trying to fit in some things that I'm passionate about on the side and also go back to school. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Why not? We're super women. We can do anything, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that decision was made pre COVID (laughs) and it was, you know, applied for you know, months before COVID hit. And then right when COVID hit, I got accepted to the University of Alabama for journalism. And it honestly was a blessing because it gave me a little bit of purpose in that crazy time. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of self-care, you know, a little bit of, Hey, you know, I'm going to do something for me while we're stuck at home. And it worked out perfectly. So that's wonderful. You know, I want to take a moment and honor your mother a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about her or share some fun things about her? What made her your, your mom, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing, her name was Rita Estelle. She was a, um, her family was French Canadian. So the first cool thing about her was her entire family spoke French. And I always thought that was cool growing up because it was just something special for our family. I never learned well. I could only listen. And, you know, <laughs> I didn't gain that, um, you know, inheritance, but, um, you know, that was neat about her. She was an excellent baker when, I mean, she was just the kind of mom that every kid deserves, that every kid should have. She was perfect in her own way. Of course, she had moments where, you know, I'm sure she lost it with us, but in the grand scheme of things, she was just the mom that every kid loves and should have and be blessed with. And she was just that. And so she was only 57 when she passed. We found out probably 10 years before that she started her first battle. Um, she had jawbone cancer. And then a few years after that she had colon cancer. And then a few years after that she had breast cancer. And the weird thing about all of these is that she, it was not something that it wasn't, um, I forget how my mind's going blank of what you call it, but they were not connected. So each one was a separate Um, disease and incident, which is very, very rare. So by her third cancer diagnosis at such a young age, her first one was in her forties and they decided to do some testing. So she ended up finding out she had leave for syndrome, which is a very, very, very rare genetic mutation. And it basically has the body get one cancer after the other, after the other. And most of the people that have this um, syndrome actually pass away when they are a child and it's found out very young. So she was very blessed with, you know, a great life, um, a great marriage, a great motherhood, all of those things and found out later in life. So that was a a positive of it all. Um, But she was given three years and then she passed away three months later. So it was I always like to say it was unexpected, even though a lot of people will look at it and say, she lived 10 years with cancer. How unexpected could it be? But it just came on so quickly. And like I said, she was only 57. I'm in my 30s. So none of my friends had lost a parent. Nobody knew what that looked like. And so losing her 
put me in this place of, you know, I really had to dig deep and search for how to recover from something like that when nobody around you knows what that's like. Yeah. That's a really interesting point you you brought up because yeah, you, at the age we're at, we don't know a lot of people that have lost their parents or, you know, I look at my parents and I see them caring for their elderly parents or them, their friends losing their parents. But at our age, there's no one to turn to, to be like, how did you cope with this? So it sounds like you turned to writing. Exactly. I just started writing it all down. I didn't share it with anybody at first. You know, I, I just thought I've got to get this out and I don't want to tell people because grief is that complicated emotion Uh and journey that nobody really likes to talk about. They like to ask you how you are, but they don't really, it makes people uncomfortable and it's natural, you know, to feel that way. And Mm -hmm. so I thought I'm just going to start writing down what I feel and I realized how helpful it was. Like I said, it was that form of self-care and therapy for me just to get it out. And then a little, you know, glimmer, I guess, was just something told me, you know, share it, just put it out there and just see. And that's kind of what I did with Indianapolis mom's blog. And then later on my own blog and people were writing to me and saying, oh my goodness, you just said what I've been thinking. And I'm like, oh, there are other people that feel this way. And it just became this community of awareness of the feelings that we feel, some that we're ashamed of, some that we're proud of, you know, some that we're, you know, maneuvering through trying to figure out. And so it just became this community of, you know, therapy for everybody, I think, and just helped me so much. Well, grief isn't a linear journey and just like self-care, it looks different for everybody and how you experience that and feel that. And I'm sure is it is something that never goes away. It comes and back, back and forth in waves or a moment or a memory could take you right back there. But the biggest thing is people can realize they're not alone in the way they're feeling and what you're putting out there with your writing is such a great way to connect other people who are feeling that same way. Right. Well, and you said it perfectly. I don't think people always realize that people grieve differently, even with your siblings, even with your parents, even with others in your family, everybody grieves differently and it's a different journey. And, you know, a lot of times you hear people say like, time will heal your wounds or time will help. And really it only changes your perspective. You know, Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit of the burn and the sting and adds a little bit more appreciation and joy, but the hurt is always there and it looks differently for everybody. So that timeline, you know, of perspective changing and growth and healing is completely different for everybody. You know, I had Amanda Clark on the ep- on an episode way back. Um, she's the founder of Cocktails and Chemo. She was writing for Indian. Oh, yeah, I love her. Too. Yeah. You know, she talked a lot about her husband, Joe, and his passing and cancer journey. And we talked a little bit about what not to say and like how people would be like, Oh, he's in a better place. Or a lot of times it was more about their feelings or feeling uncomfortable, like you mentioned, more so than the person who's grieving. And the biggest thing is just to be there and just to listen as one of the easiest ways to help someone. Yes, absolutely. I wrote about that actually because, you know, when you go through a grief this deep, you realize what you should say and what you shouldn't say. And ultimately, anything you say is helpful. There are things that, people say that they think are good, but really actually 
you think, no, don't say that. It hurts. Like it hurts when you (laughs) say that, you know, but ultimately everybody that's grieving knows people mean well, and you know, they have your best interests at heart, but nobody really knows what to say and how to, you know, go about. And the biggest thing, like Amanda said, is just keep showing up, keep showing up and keep being there for them and supporting them and just listening because that's the best, the best thing you can do. How's that saying go? Oh yeah, all things are possible with coffee and mascara. (laughs) Well, that's certainly true for me and I love to have my coffee every morning after my workout and I don't really leave the house without mascara. So my fellow blondies, I know you feel me on this. But gang, check it out. Having my coffee every morning is part of my self-care routine and I always take my coffee blended with nut pods and coconut oil. So Nut Pods is a dairy-free creamer. It's made from a blend of almond butter and coconut cream. I love the French vanilla flavor. It's my favorite. It's super yummy, super smooth, but even better, it's Whole30 approved. So gang, head on over to nutpods.com and use the code EMILYNICHOLS22 to get 15% off your first order of Nut Pods. That's EMILYNICHOLS22, E-M-I-L-Y-N-I-C-H-O-L-S-22. And let me know once you receive your Nut Pods what your favorite flavor is and how you take your coffee. So remember, just head on over to nutpods.com. You know, we're in such a weird time in our history right now. And I feel like people are grieving in a lot of other ways right now too, like grieving the loss of, you know, graduation or prom or events that didn't happen or hopes and dreams you had that just aren't having, or even your kids starting school in a traditional way and they're not. And I feel like people don't understand that it's okay to grieve about those things. Absolutely. And people don't realize that it is grief. You know, I had a friend call me over, you know, the pandemic when all of this was going on and we were still completely shut down and she's, you know, explaining a situation. And at the end she said, I just don't know what I'm feeling. I don't know what that is. And I said, that's grief. That is the empty feeling in your stomach. It doesn't, you know, yes, we recognize it at the loss of somebody, but it's at the loss of things too. It's a different kind of grief, but that's what it is. You know, it's when something from your life has been taken from you, whether it be a moment or, you know, a graduation or your kids going to kindergarten, that's grief too. You know, that empty feeling of loss is grief. That empty feeling. That's a really great way to put it for sure. How has writing helped you during your grieving process? I know we talked a little bit just about connecting and hearing from others, but how else has it helped you? Yeah, I think it helps organize my thoughts and my feelings and it gives them a place to go. And not everything I write, I share, you know, there are a lot of things that I don't that I just write for myself. But I think ultimately writing for me is just this place to release the emotion, release whatever it is I have going on. And that's for me right now, writing is so new that it just comes quickly and I never know when to expect it. It'll, something will remind me, something will inspire me. You know, it could be eating, you know, on Valentine's day, my husband and I were eating at a restaurant and this old couple was sitting next to us. They were probably in their eighties, just enjoying this meal. And immediately I had this feeling of, I'm going to write about this later, you know, and it's just recognizing those moments that inspire you and 
using them to kind of motivate you and uplift your spirit and just, you know, giving yourself somewhere to be creative and an outlet. Do you write pen to paper? Do you go to a laptop? I usually use my laptop. Okay. So, but I, I honestly write some of the pieces of mine that have been the most popular have actually been from my notes on my iPhone that I'll be out somewhere, whether it be at the park or a restaurant, like I said, somewhere and I'll go, Oh, I got to write this down. And I just start writing my thoughts. And so a lot of my most popular pieces, I would say come just like that. And I have to get it out and it could be a five minute, you know, writing something very quick, Mm -hmm. but it just comes to me. So a lot, a lot gets written on my laptop, but I would say my notes on my iPhone get used a lot too. I've been trying to write more because like you said, it's a way to organize my thoughts and get things out. A lot of times I'll do like a brain dump for the week and just write everything out. Like I have to like write it down and then put it in like my Google calendar and all the things in regards to that. But I keep a gratitude journal and I write a little bit in that, but I'm trying to start doing like what I'm, what I'm going to call morning pages. Like after my kids go to school, just take five minutes and just go to a blank notebook and just write and just see what comes out. And that's been really hard for me (laughs) to start doing. Yeah. But I think there's so much beauty. And like you said, just getting those thoughts out and seeing what comes out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like you said, there's so much beauty in looking back at it because I look back when I first started in my, like I said, my mom passed in 2017. So I didn't really start blogging in 2000. 19. I mean, I've only been doing this about a year and like truly with my own website and other publications. And so when I look back to the very first things I've written to now and just seeing where my headspace was, where my heart and my soul were, it's just such a different place, but it's beautiful in a way to go back and tell my readers and my viewers to say, go back and read some of the first things I wrote and see how I felt then. And I'm still hurting now and I'm still on my journey now, but it's, it's transforming and it's moving. You know, I always tell people grief is not a place to stay. You know, it's a journey. It's not a place. It's a journey. And so I love looking back and just seeing, you know, how much growth there's been or how my mindset has changed or, you know, different aspects of looking back. Yeah. Yeah. I need to start doing that. I need to write things down. I'm <laughs> sure there's some type. I'm going to have to look up after this episode, some type of scientific connection to writing things oh, down. Well, and there's like, what is the connection that says like, you have to do something for two weeks before it becomes routine or whatever. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, your blog is called happiness, hope and harsh realities. And you really are just speaking your truth and being so vulnerable, vulnerable. And you've grown so quickly. How exciting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's just, I feel like I try not to, you know, sometimes as an author, you know, you want to look at your numbers and all of those things. And I do, but the biggest thing for me is when somebody that I don't know messages me and says, you said what I've been trying to say, and I didn't have the words. And I cry every time I read those because I'm like, that's why I'm doing this. And every time that I get a message like that, I'm like, this is my mother's legacy as much as it is mine, you know? And so It's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful to have this voice that is helping even just one person feel less alone because sometimes the people that surround us love us so much, but they don't know what we feel and what we're going through. And so I've just been 
so grateful that I, you know, listened to my heart and followed this dream because it's just, you know, something I'm really proud of. Well, I was just going to say, I think sometimes we don't listen to that little whisper or our heart. Sometimes maybe that little whisper was your mom nudging you like, go exactly. do this. I know you can do it. And <laughs> I absolutely. Yeah. So. Well, and speaking your truth and being so own open and honest, like you are, I think that's where the growth is coming from. Cause people see that true transparency that you're giving out there. And like you said, it's <laughs> happy times, hopeful times. And there's just some really crappy times sometimes too. And that's just reality. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing your heart. Thank you for sharing your mom with us. I, I'm really touched each time you put a piece out there and I really am excited for the direction that your blog is going and all the traction you're getting. That's really, really amazing. And I'm so happy for you. Where can everyone connect with you online and read some of the amazing pieces you've put out there already? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the hat or at, at, hope and harsh realities. And then my website is www.hopeandharshrealities.com. So you can find me on all of those places. Wonderful. I'll make sure to include a link in the show notes so everyone can follow you there. But Chelsea, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Your, I mean, your podcast is just uplifting and so inspirational. And I love all the different voices that you share. And so it's just such a unique community. And I absolutely am honored to be here. So thank you. Thank you so much. That makes my heart get like 10 times bigger. Thank you so much. Oh, it should. It should. Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on the show today and just sharing your heart with us and sharing your lovely, lovely mama with us. And I'm so proud of you and what you are doing with your writing and how you are just connecting with people and building a community. So thanks again. I'm so, so proud of you. So gang, let's share my three biggest takeaways from this conversation from Chelsea. Number one, grief. It can look so different for everyone. And like we mentioned, it's not linear. It can even look different for people within the same family grieving over the loss of the same person. And I think we need to recognize that and know that sometimes grief doesn't end. It comes and goes in stages. And sometimes it's just about showing up for others and thinking about others above yourself. I know through the past six months or so, this season we're in, if you want to call it that, like we talked about, there's a lot of different people grieving for a various different reasons. And maybe you don't recognize it as grief, but we are grieving things that didn't get to happen or hopes or goals or dreams that we wanted to happen. And it's okay. This is still a journey and you just can't get stuck there. Recognize it and don't get stuck. And lastly, my third takeaway from this episode was just all about writing, getting all of those emotions out. This is a good way to get unstuck from your grief. Like Chelsea said, it is a journey and you're going to have ebbs and flows and that's okay. But sometimes you need to find a way to release all of those feelings and emotions and writing can be a really great way to do that. So we'll be talking about 
how writing can be a form of self-care in my mini workshop this week over in my free Facebook group. Make sure to click the link in the show notes to join us over there. It's free and every week I host just a little mini workshop, usually with a template to take action steps on each week's episode. And I think writing is such a therapeutic way to release all those emotions, get them out. And like Chelsea said, there's a beauty in looking back at your writing too, to maybe see where you've come or overcome some feelings or emotions you were having. You know, there's a lot of other ways you can release these emotions as well. But I think writing is a really simple, accessible way to release those emotions. So if you would like to read more about Chelsea and connect with her over in her community, I will make sure to link her in the show notes so you can connect with her. And like I said, come join us over in my free Facebook community where we'll be talking about writing and releasing your emotions as a form of self-care this week in our workshop. And tag me on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening to the show at emilynichols22. And Chelsea, again, Thank you so much for coming on the show. I so enjoyed this conversation with you and getting to hang out with you for a little bit too. So thank you all so much for listening, sending you all lots and lots of love. And remember, self-care isn't selfish. See you next week.